Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Faster Masters Rowing Radio, where having a rowing coach only makes you better. Following a program gives you a true pathway to becoming a confident rower who's respected by your peers. You can become the athlete you want to row with. I'm Rebecca Caro, and I'm joined by Marlene Royal. Hello, Rebecca, and hello to our Faster Masters Rowing Radio audience. It's very nice to be here slightly earlier than usual because it's the first Friday, well, Friday for me, Thursday for you of the month, first week of the month, and we do our podcast an hour earlier so that our friends in Europe can watch us instead of having to stay up till midnight uh, when we're live. It works quite well, I think. Yes, Um, it makes it reasonable. It's a reasonable evening time for them instead of it being, you know, a couple hours later, (laughs) for sure. That's right. I have have one uh, well-known listener who normally listens in the bathroom the following morning. (laughs) But maybe she's watching us now. So if you're watching live, underneath the live stream, do put a little comment in to say where you're watching from, because we always like to hear... uh, what's going on from your part of the rowing world. Now, this past week is when we talk about the things that have been broadly happening in our own rowing lives. And before we launch into that, the podcast this week is brought to you by the Rowing Directory. It's the online listing for all rowing businesses. You can find local boat builders, oars, electronics, gifts, coaching, vacations, and more. Go to rowing.chat and click the menu directory. We have recently added listings for glide boats, the Flying Boatman, who's a British boat repair shop, Shell Covers Australia, uh, Adirondack Rowing, who do secondhand boats, Um, in upstate New York and claim to have the largest array of secondhand boats in the world and Trophy Oars. Again, I think what they do is written in the name. Now, Marlene, what's your week held for you? Well, this week, since we're at the beginning of the month, um, we were working on our March programs for um, our membership. And I'll give a, a quick rundown of what's in this month's program. Um, from the from the training point of view, uh, we've, we've actually got a choice of three different programs right now, because that's just how the racing world is overlapping. So um, our first program, the March program is for a 5k peak in March, because we have um, many of our members who are racing head races this year um, and in in the uk march is head racing month so the first program focuses on that then we have two different 1k programs slightly different tracks um, the first one is in a specific preparation phase and that is for those individuals who are training for their championship races or a peak race that's in May and June. So our Australians, for example, they have their championships in May. Um, And the other 1K track is still in a general preparation phase. That is for um, championships that are in August or early September. So that might be for North Americans, that might be their US Masters Nationals or Canadian Nationals or people who may be focusing on FISA World Masters this year. So three different programs, and we specify in the description 
if you are training for this, use this program. Um, the land programs, the strength programs coincide with, with these programs as well. Um, in our technical module, we did a video which focuses on sitting position and the position of your pelvis on the seat. And this is a pretty important topic because if you are not sitting correctly on your seat, it's going to be very difficult for you to hinge to set your body angle. And it's also going to affect your sequencing at the beginning of the drive. So we go into that in a fair amount of detail. Our performance module builds on the technique video and um, gives you a review of anatomy of the hip and the pelvis. So you can kind of see how it's all connected and why it's important that you sit the way that you sit. And um, there's a series of exercises for hip and pelvis mobility, because this is a big, big issue in master's rowers. Um, so it is something that needs to be paid attention to. And then our rowing lifestyle, um, we have two articles. One is 10 tips for building your gut health. So really good tips and the importance of that is becoming more and more important um, to maintain our health as we age and particularly for balancing hormones and things like serotonin. And um, another article about anti-inflammatory foods, which builds, connects to that, to the gut health article. And then as our bonus module, Rebecca did a really nice presentation on rowing fabrics. So if you would like to decorate your house or you'd like to make some bags or sew some clothes, it's got all kinds of different rowing patterns, which I thought were really nice. I've just had a thought while you mentioned that. It'd be really cute to have bags to protect the spoons of your blades, you know, when you yeah. go to regattas, made yeah. out of fabric with rowing patterns on them. Yeah, or, or fanny packs or, you know, all kinds of, you know, those little, I like those little quick backpacks with strings, you know, oh, yeah, those types of things, you know, like, like really simple little quicks that you just throw stuff into. There we go. Lots of inspiration there. Uh, I'm particularly looking forward to moving up in rate. We did our first workout this week in the eights. Um, and you had a four, five, four by 500 meters workout. And it was a really interesting challenge. Um, <laughs> heading, heading up towards, you know, rate 30. Um, we're nowhere near race pace yet. Um, and there were an awful lot of people going, oh, my golly, thank goodness we've got another three weeks in March where we can continue to practice this. I know, no, it's sort of like the shocking. This It's like the first time trial. It's always a shock. It doesn't matter how well you think you've done. It's still, you still have to get over it. You just have to do it. Yep, that is absolutely right. A shock to the system, but, yeah, kind of, as they say in New Zealand, take a concrete pill and man up. <laughs> Or or well, they suck it up cupcake. That's another one. <laughs> a quick thank you to everybody who supports this podcast. We are very grateful to our regular subscribers who make a small donation each month to help us defray the overheads. Go to fastermastersrowing.com forward slash podcast. And if when you're listening today, you hear one thing that you think that was helpful or useful or interesting, we would be very grateful for your continued support. The donations start at $1 a month. 
Now, I also have a little announcement. If you are thinking that maybe you might like to start a Faster Masters training program, but you need a little encouragement, we have a discount on, on our annual program for individuals. It uses a coupon code, and this will give you 15% off the full price, which is $390 for a year's membership. The code is NY2022 March, NY2022 March. And that um, that is going to run through till midnight on Saturday, sorry, Sunday, the 6th of March. But on Saturday night, it drops to a 10% discount. So act now if you think you would like to join us as an individual. If you're new to the podcast, we have subscription monthly recurring payment programs for individuals, for crews, and for an entire club group. The individual program is the only one that we offer as a monthly and an annual. The annual gives you 12 months for the price of 10. So it's an already discounted price, but we recognize that it is an upfront payment. So if you'd like to join us, take a look at the our programs page on the website fastermastersrowing.com. Now, we are delighted to welcome for the first time to the Faster Masters podcast, Susie Lowe. Hey, Susie. Hello. Yeah, welcome. Thank you. Tell everyone where you are and your background in rowing. Right. I'm from Trafford Rowing Club in Manchester, United Kingdom. And I got into rowing because my children rowed as juniors. And as many parents, we got very, I got very tired of standing on the canal bank because we row on a canal. And I thought I'd have a go. I saw the women's squad and I did train with them at one outing and decided it just wasn't for me. But I also felt that I wanted to keep rowing. So I joined the recreational squad and have become vice captain and I organise the outings. I'm very fortunate that Trafford Rowing Club, the uh, management of it, the committee, welcome recreational rowers. And as such, they set up 19 sessions a week where we can row. Wow. So that's uh, three times uh, a day during weekdays, plus three evenings, plus a Sunday afternoon session. And there is availability for a Saturday afternoon session if in the future people would like it. So we have recreational juniors as Mm -hmm. part of the junior squads, but also I have people from 18 upwards who row as recreational Let's just pause there and roll back. What does recreational mean in the context of Trafford Rowing Club, which you've already hinted that you have adult rowers, the women's squad, junior rowers. What is a recreational rower? It's anybody who does not want to commit to the full training plan of the racing squads. So it doesn't mean to say that they don't race. They can if they choose to. But... A lot of them are shift workers who can't commit. Um, I have uh, parents with young children. I 
have the professionals who come at the weekends and in the evenings when the weather, you know, more light in the evenings. So it's a complete range of people. Brilliant. And, you know, that's quite interesting because I have a informal definition of what's a master's rower. And my informal definition is anyone who doesn't race 2K. <laughs> Does that fit yours? Not at all. <laughs> um, I... We, you know, we take on the learn to rowers and okay. for some of them, 2K is an awfully long way mm. and they have to fit in. They can't go straight to a racing squad. So we build them up very slowly with the help of the existing rowers. You know, some of some of the existing rowers give vast amounts of time in the recreational squad to build these people up mm. and some of them don't want to go into that racing ever. Mm. But, but they're happy to train yeah. hard and turn yeah. up regularly. Yeah. yeah. What we do ask for is a good technical row. Mm -hmm. Even if you are straight up learned to row, as long as you learn a little thing with us as a recreational, that is a good outing for us. Tell me a little bit about the head count compared with the other training groups in Trafford Rowing Club. Right, that we have 200 members within Trafford, approximately 100 juniors, and then 100 adults. Uh, with the recreational, we're up to about 20 at the minute, mm -hmm. and the rest is dispersed within the men's and women's squads. Brilliant. Um, yeah, but, you know, it's it does fluctuate, obviously. We are recruiting more all the time into recreational. Tell us what boats you use, Susie. The one thing we don't do is sweep rowing mm -hmm. because we find coxing is an issue. Because we are on a, a narrow canal where we run a one-way system, you have to learn very, very quickly to steer and pull in. <laughs> so we say safety. no sweep rowing. Mm. It's safety. So mm -hmm. we get out... Um, singles, doubles, quads. Mm -hmm. And so and everybody all, has to... Are those yeah, all fine boats? Turn. Yeah, all mm. fine boats, yes. Mm. Because our canal, if you capsize, you can stand up and walk to the side. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> Don't swallow the water, is that the rule? Yeah, yeah, no. no. <laughs> so we have the use of any boat within... The, the boathouse. Mm. But you, you've hinted that you have times of day when the priority goes to different groups, so different yeah. groups train at different times. Yeah. We, we, we use a booking system, Fit Club. I'm sure there's many throughout. People will know different ones. Um, where people add their availability <clears throat> and can book a boat. There's never been any clash or if we want a particular boat at a particular time and we think it might clash with a junior, we just negotiate with the coach. Mm -hmm. it, 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 it hasn't been an issue at all because we are so welcome and a recognised part of the club. Was it always like that? Yes. Yes. The, the club started in quite late in 1957 and we didn't start racing until the 1980s 
Mm. It was purely recreational and has gradually built up. Mm. So that's always been the ethos to include recreational. As, you know, especially as we are in a very safe bit of water. That's Having said bad. that, we can, the, the racing squads can go for 25 kilometres. Mm. Whereas, that is amazing. Yeah. Molly, you had a few things that you were keen to ask, Susie. Yes, I was interested in, of your 19 available sessions, how are they broken down? Like, for example, are are they all coached sessions or are some kind of free rows or they're all technical sessions or are there or are there differences between the 19 available time slots? What we try to do is uh, arrange to be together as we don't like going out on our own, even if, you know, so we arrange to go out four or five times a week as a group. And within that, we'll have more experienced rowers who um, informally coach. And anybody can coach if we see something, think, oh, perhaps that would help. That drill would help. Mm -hmm. we, we're, you know, we're encouraged to help other rowers. And you can always learn. Even a new row starter can spot something in a much more experienced rower that has slipped so yeah that's definitely a key part of the if I can call it boundary setting what are the acceptable behaviors for this group and the strategy for the group do you actually have those written down and documented or do people learn it by osmosis it's osmosis it's the it's the way the the recreationals work from the minute you're greeted by everybody you are treated as an equal rower or with, a, with the ability to input equally. There is no set coach. That is really quite something, Susie. I, I'm, I'm hesitant to say this, but it sounds unique. I've never heard of another group that's as openly equal like that without a you obviously have a leadership because you yourself have, you know, stepped up and, you know, I'm sure that you set up a lot of the fit club and the, the background and stuff, but it's, it's, it's sort of prima inter pares, everybody first among equals. Or but equal all, amongst equals. Yeah. Also, you know, if somebody wanted to step down from one of the racing squads or step up, there, there is no boundary. We are very fluid with it within the club mm, mm. and it also means also if we want to race the the club are like yes you can race it was our home head race last weekend and yes i did race <laughs> <laughs> but there's no pressure on you two yeah we also fortunate enough uh, in the northwest in yorkshire we have the explorer series which are there's five clubs that have stable two stable quads each and we arrive you arrange to arrive to race and they do dashes of 300 meters in the stable quads they're mm -hmm. coxed um they're twice almost twice as wide as a normal fine boat mm. so they're they are ideal for adaptive crews straight up learn to row 
or, or less mobile crews and uh, cake is compulsory afterwards. Oh, God. I like I you even more. Right. <laughs> and your club doesn't actually own any of these boats? We can't fit them in the clubhouse. We, our boathouse is so small, mm. but there are five clubs within the Northwest. So we, we travel up to sort of 60 miles mm -hmm. for, for a Saturday, but you would get up to five races in that mm -hmm. in the day. Mm -hmm. One piece of cake per race, obviously. Right, right, right. <laughs> and equally, equally well, that is run by a volunteer who puts out to the clubs and says, who would like to race? Who can raise a crew mm. and come on this day mm. to, to this particular club? Mm. And that so the other club tow their boats over to that club. And no, no they, 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 those the five clubs who have, mm. they have the quads ready for you. So we only oh, race two. So you two. just have two boats that just go yeah. round and round and round. Yeah. So you just turn up on the day, the quads mm. are on the water. There's no lifting of boats. The oars are already in and off you go. Mm-hmm. In the old days when boats, well, obviously transportation was more limited, um, regattas used to have what they called committee boats, which were exactly that. They were provided by the race organising committee. And I did a couple of seasons of skiffing, which is traditional boat racing on the River Thames. And in skiff regattas, the boats are always bought in pairs at the same time. So whether they're a single or a double, they always buy two of them. So they're the same age. And it doesn't matter if you are racing me and we're in a boat that's one year old or 50 years old, you know, it's fair racing. So it's very similar sort of modern adaptation of that principle of committee boats. Yes, it's it's like that in St. John's Newfoundland, too, for the for the regatta, the St. John's, the Royal Regatta, which is the first Wednesday of August every every year. And they have four boats like this, except they're six, six, six man crews, six man sweep boats. Um, fixed seats, but they have a little bit of slide. And and what they I used to live on the hill, like right literally right above the boathouse. And all summer long, the four committee boats are put out at 5 a.m. And each crew is allowed one hour of training and no more. And so on every hour, four crews get out and yeah. four crews get in. They practice their hour and it goes like that from sunrise to sunset all, you know, you know, from the time they start rowing in the spring. So as soon as the ice is out and they start rowing, it's, it's just constant, you know, there's always four crews on the water and they switch, they switch every, you know, every hour. And it's quite, you know, it's quite amazing. But on race day, the racing boats come out and it's the only day of the year that they row the racing models. And the racing models are, of course, lighter than than these are, but they're identical boats. They were built by Hudson many years ago. <laughs> identical boats, but they're only used on regatta day. Now, if anyone's listening to us today, Susie, and is hearing what you've got to say and thinking, I wonder if we could set something like that up in our club group, what advice would you have for them? First of all, approach the committee your club committee, they're the ones that can change the way it's thought about within the club. So 
you approach, whether it's the committee, the president, the captain, and say, we would like to set up the recreational. And it's got to come from them to say, yes, and we will allocate you time. And it has to be fair time on the water and fair allocation of boats and equipment. And the, the, it will come to filter down into the rowers so that you are recognised as an equal to the racing squads. Because I have heard in some clubs that, oh, no, we don't recognise recreational as equals. We shove them on a Saturday afternoon at five o'clock when mm. the water's clear. Yeah, and, that's, and they get the worst boats and the worst, the old doors. Yes, yes. So we could, we, the better rowers within Trafford are allowed to take out the top racing boats. And that isn't an issue. Right. Because we are, they are recognised as good rowers rather than mm. recreational. So it has to come from the committee, the captain, the president down. Without them being on board. Mm you would struggle, mm -hmm. definitely. So do you, do you call, um, when you go out on your sessions and they're kind of mutual practice sessions, is there somebody who is the leader? Like, are you the, is there one person that's the organizer of the group or do the people, have they reserved their boat and they simply know that everybody's going to be there at the same time? We book it on a system called Fit Club Mm -hmm. And I just look who's going to be there with a rough plan and then life happens. So whoever turns up at the time, we get out the quads, the doubles, the singles. It, it has a structure, but it's mm -hmm. not set in stone mm -hmm. because we recognize life. And we aren't training for something in specific. So we have to be flexible. I think it would discourage a lot of people if we said, you have said you will be down and then they can't make it. Mm. That's, that's where recreational, that's the beauty of it within Trafford. If, if you've got a group who want to go out together in a boat, can they request, you know, can we four have yes. a bernacle here? Totally, totally, yes. We have that ability to book the boats, yes. Yeah. And do you pay the same memberships of subs as everybody else? Yes, we do. Yeah, because the it's relatively cheap for for us. Uh, it's what, 25, 25 pounds a month. There is oh, no okay. joining fee. It's just yeah. a monthly fee mm -hmm. of £25. That's for the racing squads and for the recreational. The juniors pay more because we have a, a paid coach, but the adults, it's all the same. Because we get equal equipment mm -hmm. and equal sessions. Which is actually very similar to what we pay over here, although we don't pay monthly. I'd love to speak to your club um, treasurer to find out how they accommodate the uh, monthly presumably it's a monthly standing order that people have to set up um how do they work out if you know, somebody decides to stop for december because they and then rejoin in january do they just have to have a lot of bookkeeping support i think you'd have to ask the treasurer that one <laughs> 
tell them to get in touch. Our treasurer has a few very clear red lines that she will not go over. One of them is she's not doing huge numbers of monthly reconciliations. And the second thing is every single debt has to be paid before the end of the year because she will not do accruals. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, our club works like if, if you, you join, it's the annual membership but our season is half the half the year so it's the the rowing season and then um if people want to take coached sessions they basically buy a packet they buy a packet of three sessions or six sessions or 12 sessions and you know we just take attendance and you know when they when they're at session number 11 we say you know you need to book some okay. more sessions so we so we did it that way last year um with with a relatively new club and and it, it worked quite well but you do have to keep attendance so that you know how many sessions somebody has has come because again you have this really flexible schedule and you have people's schedule who is changing and it's different in july august than when people get back to work in school change the situation changes a little bit too so brilliant any last things, Marlene, you want to ask, Susie? Um, no, I mean, I think it, it sounds wonderful. And, and I actually have just been thinking about my summer program and um, how to continue to develop it. And it, it gives me some ideas because people love coached sessions and they get a lot out of it, but they also need practice time. And, you know, we we also have a rule that you cannot skull on your own. You have to go out. You have to go out with a buddy. Um, but, you know, preferable, something that's a social row or an organized time when people go out together is one, it's more fun because people enjoy going out together, but it's also, you know, it's also safer and, and people help e each other and get to know each other much better. I mean, we, I also organize social rows like the Christmas row mm -hmm. and, you know, the summer row and let's row because, it's a Tuesday mm -hmm. and we all go for cake afterwards. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the recreational serves so much good for so mm -hmm. many people with, who have got high pressure jobs. They can't commit to the racing squads, but they come to us and forget for two hours, their job, their family, any other pressures and it clears their head. That's what is so important for, for us at the minute as a recreational squad. Susie, it's been absolutely delightful having you join us uh, for the podcast. Thank you for sharing your insight, mm -hmm. your knowledge. Um, we wish the recreationals all the very best for their future, whatever it is, cake, perhaps, their future yeah, cake. cake. Or other things that are treats, right? Yes. <laughs> My pleasure. So this has been Faster Masters Rowing Radio, the show dedicated to Masters athletes who want fun, fitness and confidence in their rowing. You can become a student of the sport by buying a Faster Masters program subscription today at fastermastersrowing.com forward slash join. Before I leave you, the photograph this week is from Lake 
Washington Rowing Club. And oh. this is a delightful old wooden eight that they have had for many, many years that started a discussion online as to what use they could put it to now. It was no longer seaworthy or river lake-worthy. Um, and uh, there was a very interesting discussion around how to chop it up and make trophy cabinets and uh, bedside tables and um, coffee tables. <laughs> so till next week, it's been lovely having you with us. Bye-bye. <laughs>